the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The John Steigerwald Show, sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Portions of today's program may be pre-recorded. There is no hope for the human race. Yeah, it happened. Not only did people other than members of his immediate family vote for John Fetterman, Millions of people voted for him, and he's going to represent the state of Pennsylvania in the United States Senate. And in case you've forgotten, uh, here he is trying to lie about his disapproval uh, of fracking a a while back. I do want to clarify something. You're saying tonight that you support fracking, that you've always supported fracking. But there is that 2018 interview that you said, quote, I don't support fracking at all. So how do you square the two? Uh, I, I I do support fracking, and I don't I don't I support fracking, and I stand and I do support fracking. Yeah, thanks for clearing that up, Senator. And uh, we don't have a liberal conservative issue here in Pennsylvania. We have an urban rural issue, I think. Actually, we have a smart stupid issue, but that's another story. We have an unbelievable number of stupid people living in Pennsylvania. Regular human beings not held captive by the Democrat machine voted for Oz. There are 67 counties in Pennsylvania. Oz won 60% or more of the vote in 43 of those counties. And did you get that? He won 60% or more of the vote in 43 of 67 counties. Fetterman's 60%, he he won 60% in four counties. Fetterman won only 35% or less of the vote in 39 of 67 counties. And Oz won over 70% of the vote in 12 counties. Here in Allegheny County, where Joseph Stalin would get at least 60% of the vote if he were running against Abraham Lincoln, Fetterman got 61%. And down east in Philadelphia County, Fetterman got 82% of the vote. So that's who gave you John Fetterman as your next senator. Allegheny and Philadelphia counties. And when we come back, I'm going to talk to our Eastern Pennsylvania correspondent, Christine Flowers, to see if she can defend or explain what happened down there. And in our second half hour, we're going to discuss with uh, somebody what what some might uh, consider a radical response to an election that doesn't go the right way. Secession. Stick around. Hey, you spend a lot of time in your bathroom. It may as well look nice and as nice as you possibly can make it. And you can do that now with Bath R Us. Uh, the Bath R Us Bath R Us experts offer complete bath and shower remodeling services, and it's a total bathroom transformation for less. Uh, we're talking about high quality furniture grade wood vanities featuring soft closed doors, drawers, cultured marble, marble tops, and integrated bowl systems. And uh, to pull it all together, you choose from a selection of beautiful luxury vinyl flooring, both water-resistant and low-maintenance, and all of it comes with a lifetime warranty. And this includes, by the way, uh, gorgeous faucets and fixtures for that finishing touch. touch. Uh, So uh, don't wait, though. Schedule your free in-home estimate. Get $1,000 off, plus, that's 1000 bucks. plus low to no monthly payments. That's right. $1,000 off and low to no monthly payments. If you call today, 412-752-6880. That's 412-752-6880. Or go to bathrus.com. That's bath, the letter R, us.com to start loving your bathroom again. People do some pretty cool things in their 40s and 50s. Why should saving for retirement be any different? I mean, they go back to college. Learn new instruments. Start skateboarding. 
Okay, maybe that one's not for everybody, but saving for retirement is. With aceyourretirement.org, you can get on track with your retirement savings no matter your age. Just have a three-minute chat with Avo, the friendly digital retirement coach from AARP. You'll get personalized recommendations based on your input that are easy to understand and work with your lifestyle. It's quick, easy, and free. Plus, it's sponsored by AARP, so you know they got your back. Gnarly move, Dad. Thanks, sweetie. So wherever you are in your retirement savings journey, head to aceyourretirement.org and start chatting with Avo today. That's aceyourretirement.org. A message from AARP and the Ad Council. You all have helped build MyPillow into the incredible company it is today. Now, Mike Lindell, inventor and CEO of MyPillow, wants to give back to my listeners. This is John Steigerwald. Right now, MyPillow is offering exclusive offers on their bed sheets, their six-piece towel set, and even offering an extended 60-day money-back guarantee. Orders placed now through December 25th will now have an extended money-back guarantee through March 1st. The Giza bed sheets are marked down as low as 29 $9.99. And believe me when I say you will get a great night's sleep in these. Their six-piece towel set is made with USA cotton, comes with two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths. Typically retailed at $89.98 is now just $39.98 with promo code STAG. There is a limited supply, so be sure to order now. Call 1-800-716-8087. Use the promo code STAG or go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code STAG. These offers will not last long, so order now with promo code STAG at MyPillow.com for this radio-exclusive offer on all bedsheets. I'll second-guess dinners with friends because they can be interrupted by diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or oily stools. It turns out I have EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, which means I'm missing the enzymes needed to digest food. My doctor prescribed Creon Pancrelipase, an oral prescription medication that replaces pancreatic digestive enzymes. Creon treats EPI due to cystic fibrosis, chronic pancreatitis, pancreatectomy, or other conditions. Creon may increase your chance of fibrosing colonopathy, a rare bowel disorder. Tell your doctor if you have a history of intestinal blockage or scarring or thickening of your bowel wall. If you're allergic to pork or if you have gout, kidney problems, or worsening of painful swollen joints. Call your doctor if you have any unusual or severe gastrointestinal symptoms or allergic reactions. Take Creon as directed by your doctor and always with food. Do not chew capsules as this may cause mouth irritation. Other side effects may include blood sugar changes, gas, dizziness, sore throat, and cough. These are not all the side effects of Creon. Creon is the number one prescribed EPI treatment. Ask your doctor about Creon for EPI and visit creoninfo.com or call 800 to learn more. That's C-R-E-O-N-Info.com. The John Steigerwall Show. AM 1250, The Answer. Well, this is one of those days when I'm kind of glad that most of my days on this planet are behind me because it seems pretty obvious to me, excuse me, that there's, um, well, there's no hope for the human race. More than 12 people in the state of Pennsylvania looked at John Fetterman and then decided to vote for him to represent them in the United States Senate. And the people in Philadelphia County and Allegheny County are most responsible, by the way. Christine Flowers is a columnist for the Delco Daily Times in Philadelphia and uh, our, our unofficial Philly correspondent. She joins us now. Christine, thanks for coming on again. <laughs> hey, John. <laughs> so did you see this coming? Uh, no, Philadelphia, heavily for Fetterman. I have seen the advertising. Excuse me, Christine. Hold on, we have a really bad connection. Let me have Mike try to call you back. Let's try it again. Can I? Sure, sure. You're cutting in and out. Okay, call you right back. Yeah, down there in uh, Philadelphia, eighty. I think it's either eighty-one or eighty-two percent of the people who voted in Philadelphia County, voted for John Fetterman. And uh, so I think it was 61% in Allegheny County, and it added up to, like, uh, close to 300,000 votes. So, I mean, that, that's that he's the senator for those two counties. I mean, he's supposed to be the senator for all of the state and all that, but he's gonna, it's going to turn out that he's going to be the, uh, the senator for the two population centers, Pittsburgh and Philly. He also did well in, um, in Erie County, uh, or not? Yeah, I guess is it Erie County, Pennsylvania? Or no, it's I forget where what county Erie's in. Is it Crawford? Anyway, up there in uh, Erie, he did well, and uh, he uh, he did well in some of the other urban areas. But I think, as I said in my open, let me see if I have those numbers here. Sixty uh, percent or more of the vote in forty-three of the sixty-seven counties uh, for Oz, and. Um, 
He got 60% or more of the vote in 43 or 67, and Fetterman got 60% in four counties. If you look at the um, <clears throat> the numbers in the in the individual counties, it's it's pretty nasty, uh, at least for uh, people who <laughs> don't want to see uh, that guy in the Senate. Anyway, here's uh, Christine back again. Let's see how we can do it this time. How are you? Hi. Hi. <laughs> I'm back, I guess. Can you hear me okay? Yes, sounds better. Did you? Uh, my question was, did you see this coming? And it was very garbled. No, no, I didn't see it. <laughs> it's like the, uh, the, the Fetterman fairies yes, were right. uh, involved in right. this. No, I, unfortunately, in Philadelphia, I definitely saw it coming. Because Philadelphia is a blue city. You knew they were going to vote Democrat. You knew that there was no way that they were going to vote for Dr. Oz. And a lot of the misinformation that the Fetterman camp were putting out there about him not being from Pennsylvania and la-di-da-di-da and killing puppies and all of this misinformation. It, it took root because people here were predisposed to disliking Oz and wanting Fetterman because he was a Democrat. On the other hand, I really thought that the people out in Western PA who knew John Fetterman, who knew his record, who knew that he had held a shotgun to an innocent black man, who knew his work on the parole board, um, who knew everything that he had done, who knew the fact that he never paid for a home in his entire life, that he can constantly had an allowance from mommy and poppy. I thought that those people in Allegheny County and the surroundings, Juniata and all the other areas out there in beautiful Western Pennsylvania would have been a heck of a lot smarter, would have known he was a known quantity, would have known what they were getting, and they would have voted accordingly, meaning they would have voted for the person running against him. Um, I said, John, that I think that there were two major motivations for this particular um, catastrophe. One is the abortion vote. I definitely think that the Dobbs decision had something to do with that, particularly amongst suburban white women. But I also think that this was a vengeance vote. I said this to a friend of mine. I said they weren't voting for a candidate. They were voting against a party. They were voting against the GOP. And Dr. Oz was just simply the avatar for that. He was just a representative for the GOP in general. And in fact, he wasn't even the most conservative candidate, far, far from the most conservative candidate um, there could have been. But for Fetterman to have won, uh, given his abysmal performance in the debate, given his track record, you know, just given his mediocrity as a human being, it's just amazing to me. Um, it, it indicates to me that people weren't voting for him. They were voting against what they call the GOP regime and that lovely little tagline that our president has been talking about, that they were voting to save democracy. So that's how I explain it. And I'm really disappointed in my Western Pennsylvania cousins. I can't believe that they fell for the Fetterman. Um, well, you know, let, the, the whole thing. just so you know, let's not. Let's not uh, throw everybody uh, – let's not just uh, cast aspersions on Western PA because I'll give you some numbers here. Allegheny County, uh, Fetterman got 63 percent. But in Armstrong County, this is all Western Pennsylvania, he got 28 percent. In, okay. in Bedford County, he got 17 percent. In, okay. in Blair yeah. County, he got 29.5. In Butler County, wow. he got 36 uh, so that means, you know, do the math, and that means that Oz in Armstrong County got almost 70%, and Beaver County well, got 52 apologies. Yeah, it's my Allegheny County. My Western <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. It's what Philadelphia does, too. Guess, guess what? We're worse than you guys, then, because yeah. it sounds like, um, you know, in the, in, the, um, in, in the border counties or the surrounding counties of Allegheny County, the people are very smart. Uh, unfortunately... In the border counties, the surrounding counties in Philadelphia, they're not. My home county, Delaware County, was horrific, horrendous. They're the ones who really pulled Fetterman through southeastern Pennsylvania. You, you expect Philadelphia is going to do that. I mean, mm -hmm. it is as blue as yeah. blue can be. Yeah. But Delaware County, I grew up. I'm 60 years old. I moved there when I was seven, John. I've lived there, you know, 90% of my life. It was never the cesspool of political um, arrogance that it is right now. It is completely blue, but it's not just blue because of policy. It's blue in reaction to the GOP. I mean, there is an absolute animus there. So Delaware County was like that. 
Bucks County actually broke better for Oz than they were expecting. Bucks, Bucks is weird. Bucks could go either way. Chester County um, went for Oz fairly, I, I think, fairly well. That's a, a fairly red Four, county. Forty-two percent. I have all of them in front of me right here. So forty-two good, is what good. Oz, yeah. But I mean, it's just to me. I've been spending all day apologizing to my friends who live outside of Pennsylvania <laughs> for what we've done. I really have, yeah. and they've said, "Oh, we're sorry for you. We're sorry for you." And I'm just like, "I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that we did this to you. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry." It's just it's inconceivable to me that people would have been that uh, uninformed that they would have voted for Fetterman, or which is much worse, informed and uncaring about what they were doing. They did this. This is a vengeance vote. And now we are stuck with that man, or even worse, his, you know, Muhair, his wife, Giselle, mm-hmm. for the next six years. And that's a horrific thought. Yeah, and um, I, I've seen a lot of talk uh, today. If the Republicans would have run a better, co- uh, um, a better, a, a better, um, better chat, a better choice for to, to run, uh, and they, that that they would have done better. Uh, McCormick, uh, Kathy Barnett, you know, if if they would have run a better candidate, um, they would have done better. And I, I don't think they would have done better if they had run Abraham Lincoln. I, 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 I agree. No, I agree with you. I don't. I don't think it was a function of the candidate. I, I truly think that this was a concerted attempt to make sure that no Republican was going to keep that seat. This was about the balance of power. They're power hungry, and they want that extra you know, seat in the Senate. And it looks like they may get it. Now, I have to say, I've been um, I'm really. Not, not disappointed. I expected the mainstream media to do this, but last night when I went to bed at 2.30, um, I was under the impression that Nevada, um, not that they had been called, but that, you know, Nevada was lost and Arizona was lost and, um, you know, that Kerry Lake was not going to win the, the gubernatorial slot and that, I mean, I was even wondering if Ron Johnson was going to win in Wisconsin because of how close the race was with Mandela, uh, yep. Mandela Jones. Um, but, you know, lo and behold, today, I'm, st- I'm finding out that in some of these races, not even half the votes have been counted. In mm-hmm. Arizona, they've only counted, what, like 60% of the vote, and the outstanding vote might very well cut in favor of Kerry Lake. So a lot of this um, doom and gloom that I'm hearing um, on the part of the, you know, on, on us, on the part of uh, Republicans and conservatives, may not be warranted, and it may just be a mirage being created, dusted up by the mainstream media, wishful thinking, because I think Carrie Lake still has a, a solid opportunity. Um, you know, and also the, her, her, her opponent is the Secretary of State yeah. in, the, you know, in the state where they have to vote, count those votes. I mean, isn't there a little bit of a conflict? And she wouldn't, rec- she wouldn't recuse herself from that. From, from no, that, of course from, not. Uh, no. You think maybe they would have had a, a law written in, uh, in there somewhere that if the Secretary of State, whose uh, duties include overseeing the election, decided to run for another office, that that would uh, preclude her from taking part in anything having to do with an election in which she's a candidate. I don't know. Exactly. She should be forced. I mean, she should absolutely be forced from recusing herself in any kind of review of the of the vote, of the count. It's just, it's outrageous. I, I, I've never seen anything like that before. But the good thing is, as I said, Carrie Lake looks as if she may very well pull this off. The other thing is, a lot of these races were not romps. Um, they were very close, with some raises in margins in some of these cases. And, I mean, that cuts both ways. The, the Republicans were hoping for a red wave, red tsunami. Uh, they didn't get it. But by the same token, the Democrats are trying to make this seem as if this was a mandate, that the people spoke, that they wanted to save yeah. democracy, which means they wanted to, you know, to kneecap Republicans. And that's not at all the case. These were very, and, and every state was different. You know, unfortunately, Pennsylvania is becoming bluer. It's not a blue state, and it never, I don't think it ever will be, but it's a, it's a purple state. Mm-hmm. And they go by um, personalities. Uh, I mean, the last time we spoke, I think we spoke about Josh Shapiro briefly, but I never expected Doug Mastriano to win. I, I just didn't think, it no. didn't feel like his cycle. No. I did believe that Oz had a strong opportunity there. Um, I don't think it would have been different with Kathy. 
who I loved. I don't think it would have been different with Dave McCormick, who was more of a traditional institutional candidate, who was more like a Connor Lamb kind of candidate. And uh, I, I just think this time around, they wanted to go after the Republican, whoever that might have been. You know, one thing I haven't seen, I just was thinking about it now, I have all these numbers here. Uh, I gave them uh, when, when we were waiting for you to get reconnected. Um, 67 counties in Pennsylvania, Oz won 60% or more of the vote in 43 of them. Um, and Fetterman got 60% in four counties. Uh, and that would include, of course, Allegheny and uh, Philadelphia. But one thing yeah. I haven't seen today, and maybe you have, I haven't seen, like in Philadelphia County where they 82% went for Fetterman, what was the turnout? Do you know? Um. Well, I, I will tell you that when I went to the polls, because I, I don't do early voting and mm-hmm. I don't do mail-in voting, I, as I said to someone, I said, um, you know, unless I'm dying, I will crawl on my knees to my polling place because I think it's my obligation. Right. I have a big problem with mail-in voting anyway. Um, but when I was at my polling place, and, and it had already been open for about two hours, there was no line. This was in Center City, Philadelphia. Um, there were three people waiting to vote. I don't know if that was typical. Um, I think in Montgomery County, there was a big turnout. And I think in some of the, and, you know, in Delaware County. But in Philadelphia, there's such a sense of apathy, John. Um, they talk about, oh, you know, Philadelphia, the progressives, they're really going to take control and they really care. No, they don't. People in Philadelphia have one of the lowest percentages of, uh, you know, of the franchise of voting in the entire state. And if we, if we crack 20%, that's good. So, no, I don't, I don't think it was that, but I do think that there was a lot of early voting, and I think that there was a lot of mail-in voting. And, well, yeah, unfortunately, I did. that turned to trend the Democrat. Yeah, I did see a number on that, that over 700,000 votes came in before the debate. Um, exactly, exactly. And, you know, exactly. That's, and I, I voted in Washington County, about 20 miles outside of Pittsburgh, and um, I had to wait uh, over, well, about 35 minutes in line and uh, the lady who was working the desk there told me that she'd never seen it as crowded for a midterm election. She said, we've had 100 people an hour since we opened. Wow. And, and so, well, I mean, and that's, that's good. I, I yeah. love seeing that. I love people actually voting on election day. I want election day. I don't want election season. This, this has caused us a, a, a great deal of angst and I'm sorry, I'm not an election denier by any stretch of the imagination. I, I, I agree and I acknowledge that Joe Biden won the election in 2020. I have a huge problem with all of the little difficulties and technical problems that you know, they had in Arizona where they didn't have paper. Um, they you know, had to suspend some of the voting um, roles in, I believe it was Delaware County, uh, the voting times in Delaware County. So there's always going to be these problems. And if we just make sure that everyone votes on the same day and you want to make it a national holiday, great. Make sure that people can go. They don't have to get off and work. They can go between nine and nine, whenever it is, or seven and nine, and just vote in person. And none of this, none of this mail-in nonsense, none of this uh, early voting nonsense, it, it's caused... It's, it's caused a lot of problems, and I don't think the benefits outweigh the negatives by any stretch of the imagination. I have about a minute left with Christine Flowers, columnist for the Delco Daily Times down in Philly. Um, I saw some exit polling that showed that it was the 18 to 29-year-old voters who prevented the Republican wave. That's what they're saying now. How many of them, uh, Christine, do you think are still living with their parents? Oh, I don't know. Well, I know we know that John Fetterman. That's what I mean. He's their idol. He's their idol. He he did it till he's forty nine. Exactly. He's never purchased his own home. No. His sister gave him his home. I just look at these people. I have been blocking and unfriending people left and right today. I told I told someone that I was doing that, and he said, "Well, you know, you're only going to be talking to people in your echo chamber." I said, "No." I said, "That's not the case. I don't want to have anything to do with people who were stupid enough." Or, or malign enough to vote for someone like John Fetterman. I, 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 and, and it upsets me that, that I share a state with them. It's, um, it's embarrassing. You said you're glad that your best days are, you know, you have more yeah. days behind you. Than, I hope not. I hope that's not the case. But I was feeling, I had a little bit of despair last night, too, thinking, I can't believe that there are people like this, oriented like this, in my great state of Pennsylvania. I'm, I'm ashamed of it. Well, I, I stood from the beginning that uh, if, if this guy wins, there's no hope for the human race, and I'm sticking with that. So <laughs> that's right. Hey, hey, well, 
<laughs> Christine, I'm out of time. Always great to have you on. I wanted to get that Philadelphia perspective. Thanks. God bless, John. Take care. Okay, Bye. you too. Christine Flowers. We'll be right back. SRN News. I'm John Scott. Voting is over, but the counting of those ballots continues in the race for control of the Senate. Republicans lead 49 to 48, but three U.S. races are undecided. 51 are needed for a majority. Georgia will head to a December 6th runoff as no U.S. Senate candidate reached the majority. Neither Democratic incumbent Raphael Warnock or his Republican challenger Herschel Walker garnered at least 50% of the vote. This voter says she will vote for Walker again. I love that Herschel Walker is for God and for Georgia, and he represents a lot of good, and he's doing this job because he cares about us. Some house races still also undecided. Tropical Storm Nicole has made landfall in the Bahamas and now will head towards Florida's east coast. This is SRN News. Charlie Dombeck here from Key City Capital. As a practicing CPA for nearly 30 years, I have found that 80% of your ability to grow your wealth is dependent upon two factors, taxes and investment performance. At Key City Capital, we improve investment performance by diversifying capital into off-market investment opportunities in passive rental real estate and alternatives like asset-backed lending. We recover dollars that clients unnecessarily pay in the form of income taxes, creating a lifetime annuity of savings. We are a sponsor of passive, affordable, single and multifamily residential rental investments, which are located in Sunbelt landlord-friendly states. These investments are the top choices in a rising interest rate and inflationary environment. They represent a store of value protecting your capital from market volatility. Learn how we at Key City Capital can help you ultimately grow your wealth rapidly. Connect with me at keycitycapital.com or give me a call at 817-912-1569. AM 1250, The Answer. Hugh Hewitt. The Hugh Hewitt Show. Hi, it's Hugh Hewitt on the next Hugh Hewitt Show. We may have some numbers on the House of Representatives that are secure. We may know if it's Speaker Kevin McCarthy. We will know, I think, by that point, whether or not Adam Laxalt is going to win in Nevada. And I'll review it all with Dr. Larry Arnn of Hillsdale College with an early Hillsdale dialogue this week. Don't miss the next Hugh Hewitt Show. Hugh Hewitt, tomorrow morning at 6, right before Mike Gallagher at 9, at AM 1250. The answer. Whose rulebook do you want to play by, the government's or your own? This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Without a proper estate plan, many families end up playing by the government's rulebook and losing a lot of what they'd intended to leave to their families. That's why Abernathy and Hagerman presents free, ongoing estate planning workshops with attorney Dan Reimer to help you protect what's yours and make sure the government plays by your rules. The next one's happening soon. For details and to attend, visit a-h.law. Meet Brad. Brad's hard at work, or at least his website is. Ever since he added live chat with Salem Surround, Brad's customers are getting their questions answered 24-7. Website purchases have gone up 35%, and they're over three times more likely to buy from him again. No bots, just real people helping real people. Live chat, one of the easiest, most affordable ways Salem Surround can increase your business while you do other things, or nothing at all. Ask us how at surroundpittsburgh.com. Bachman's Roofing and Solar is your local award-winning roofer. Stop waiting. It's time to inspect your roof and protect your home's number one asset. With no interest and no payment financing for 12 months, Bachman's Roofing is your easy choice for roofing, gutters, and solar. Did you know Bachman's Roofing is one of the number one GAF solar integrated roofing installers in the USA? Go with Bachman's. Go with solar and install the roof that pays for itself. Call 412-744-8390 or visit Bachman's AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP, Pittsburgh, a division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or Odyssey. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Parkway East, very heavy inbound. Forbes Avenue to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Some pretty solid downtown delays. Outbound slows from Glenwood up to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. On the Parkway West, outbound delays Banksville Road to Carnegie and inbound Carnegie to the tunnel. On Crosstown Boulevard, looking pretty backed up on the inbound side, Veterans Bridge to Liberty Bridge. Some delays on Liberty Bridge outbound as well. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. 
Weather. Clear skies expected for tonight. We'll see a nighttime low of 38. It'll be warm tomorrow with sunshine and a few clouds. Tomorrow's high 68. Tomorrow night, we'll see a little rain from tropical rainstorm Nicole late. Until then, mainly clear and mild in the evening, the low 52. Friday, rain from tropical rainstorm Nicole. There can be flooding in low lying and poor drainage areas. We'll reach a high Friday of 63. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. This is the John Stacker Walt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, Pennsylvania did a nice job last night of proving that we have a lot of really stupid people living here. We kind of discussed that in our last segment. Uh, they elected the worst major candidate in American political history to the United States Senate, which also means that there are a lot of people stupid enough to be okay with Joe Bi- with, with what Joe Biden has been doing. There are plenty of states who show they don't like what the federal government has been doing. One of those is Texas. Daniel Miller is president of the Texas Nationalist Movement, also known as Texit. He joins us now. Daniel, thanks for coming on the show. appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me. So uh, well, you were on before, and, and for people who didn't hear you the last time you were on the show, what is Texit? Yep, Texas. If, if people are familiar with the term Brexit, uh, Texas is going to be uh, extremely familiar. Uh, essentially, what Texas is is the process to make Texas a self-governing, independent nation again. Okay, and that sounds extremely radical. <laughs> um, and, and and you flew a, <laughs> not, a, a, a not really. I know. Uh, we'll get to that, but I, I think to most people, you flew a banner over the state capitol in Austin yesterday on election day. That's kind of significant. What did the banner say? Yeah, it said Texas is coming. Uh, you know, we have been working on the Texas issue since 2005 and uh, we're at a at a very pivotal moment in our process. Uh, last session we had legislation filed that would have given Texans a vote on the issue. And uh, while it did not make it out of committee last time, we're getting ready to go into legislative session now. And uh, public sentiment is stronger now than it's ever been, with 66% of likely voters supporting a Texit. So uh, we were sending a very clear message to the political establishment, to the elected officials that were getting ready to occupy the Capitol, uh, that Texas is coming. Now, are these people... Um these 66%, are they in favor of Texit now, or are they in favor of giving people the right to do that if they want to do it? Well, let's let's just kind of roll it back before that. That's from a Survey USA poll that was released in July. But even before that, you had that the Republican Party of Texas State Convention, uh, which is the largest political convention in the world, they passed not just one, but two platform planks calling specifically for a Texit vote. Uh, one was not date certain, and one specifically called for it uh, in 2023. Uh, now, these planks didn't pass by 50% plus one. Uh, each of them passed with almost 90% of the vote of the delegates. So then, right on the heels of that, you had this uh, this poll that was released by Survey USA that showed that 66% of likely voters would vote for Texas if it was on the ballot tomorrow. So... Uh, you know, that plus another third-party survey that came out recently dealing with Republican voters. Um, we're, you know, s- support here is is stronger on this issue than probably any other. And uh, so it's been a couple of years since we last spoke to you about this. Uh, and we've had two years of Democrat rule. I think everybody knows how that's been going. So well, how has that uh, helped the movement, what we've put up with the last well, two years and the border and all the stuff that's going on down there? Yeah, look, it's a, it's a mix of all of the above, right? Whether it's the border, whether it's inflation, uh, you know, whether it's the the weakened foreign policy or national defense. I mean, it's it's a whole basket of it. But you know, this this movement goes back farther than two years. We've been on a growth trajectory since that first survey, that first poll came out in two thousand nine, showing just under a majority of Republican voters believe that Texas would be better off as an independent nation. So. Uh, you know, this growth has really been about the people of Texas seeing the trajectory of where the federal system is going, seeing that it is immune to any type of reform whatsoever. And then, of course, you know, elections like we had last night, where they watch people uh, in, in many of the other states at these federal offices continue to elect uh, neo-Marxist progressives that are committed to driving this car off the cliff. And uh, Texans are increasing numbers saying, look, we didn't sign up for a suicide pact. 
Uh, we signed up to hold true to the belief of freedom and independence and inalienable God-given rights. And if preserving that means that we'll have to do it as a self-governing independent nation, then best of luck to everybody else. Well, I, you know, as radical as it may seem to some people, when you really think about it, if you're sitting down there in Texas and you see that Pennsylvania has just elected a, a brain-damaged socialist uh, to be its senator, and we also, and I don't know how, how much, uh, how many other um, Congress people were elected who, who, who fit this description, but here in Allegheny County, where I'm sitting, uh, in a suburb of Pittsburgh, um, they they uh, elected a uh, Democrat Socialist Congresswoman uh, just last night. So if I'm sitting in Texas, I can see where I might say, hey, I don't want to be a part of this club. What, what's this? I, what you just said there about uh, um, other states electing these people, aren't Marxists, who, who are going to tell you that well, men can be pregnant. You know, uh, why, well, am, look, I, why am I part of this? It's a math issue. Look, John, I, I look, it, it's a math issue, right? I mean, this is, this is really what, what states like Texas have to look at. Is At the end of the day, if we, if we elected a 100% slate of uh, federal uh, elected officials and sent them to Washington, D.C., that were all in lockstep with the values here in Texas, and we sent them to Washington, D.C., we're going to be out mad, we're going to be out gunned, and you know, we can talk about, well, maybe the Republicans will end up with a razor-thin majority, but at the end of the day, just because someone is wearing the Republican jersey doesn't mean that they share our values. I mean, let's not forget it wasn't too long ago that everyone was trying to convince us that Mitt Romney was a conservative, right? So, um, you know, yep. we've, that we've got some significant divide here that's ideological and is beyond the normal partisan divide. We've got um, people in, in these states like Texas and, and Florida and some of these others that want to live one way, and that you have people in other states like California and New York that want to live a different way. And, and you cannot force people with such wildly differing worldviews to stay in a political and economic union absolutely ruled by two and a half million unelected bureaucrats in the Washington District of Criminals. It's just a recipe for disaster. Yeah, and, and this it wouldn't be as big of a problem, would it, if the federal government had um, maintained the level of power that it's supposed to have uh, and, and not become such a uh, monster in the last 100 years or 150 years or so. Uh, since, you know, since Texas came aboard a couple hundred years ago, it's, when, when was Texas, uh, 18? We, we were an independent republic from 1836 to 1844. Okay. So we, we had nine years. So 200 years. You know, but, yeah. But to, yeah. I mean, it, look, it's, it's been, a, it's been a hot minute, but here's the thing. We live in the 21st century mm-hmm. and, and in the 21st century, we can look back at the last 75 years and realize that at the end of World War II, there were about 54 recognized, fully sovereign uh, countries around the world. And by the end of the 20th century, there were 192. Those countries didn't fall from space. The earth didn't get any bigger. There were people just like us who said that the best people to govern us just happened to be us. Uh, and, and not some you know bureaucratic morass in a capital that is not ours. So... You know, this is the question, I think, John, that everyone's asking themselves right now, is that if their state were already a self-governing independent nation, and instead of talking about withdrawing, we were talking about whether or not our state should join the union, knowing everything we know about the federal government today, would we vote to join? And if we wouldn't vote to join, then why in the world would we ever stay? Yeah, right now we have uh, a bunch of bureaucrats, um uh, some most of them unelected. Uh, John Kerry, for one, they're heading to Egypt to have a discussion about the climate, and um, and and they're going to be having these nations uh, from around the world are going to be telling us what we should, how we should be heating our homes, what kind of cars we're going to drive, and that's not something that any state signed up for, uh, whether it was uh, 250 years ago or 200 years ago or 150 years ago. They didn't sign up for that, uh, and it's but it's happening more and more all the time. And it's I think the word that uh, you hear is uh, globalist, and uh, nothing could be more um, uh, no, nothing could be more in direct more of a direct opposite to states' rights than globalism. Could it? 
Oh, I, I mean, that look, Texas did not sign up to this union to let people like Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi tell us how to manage our border. And we didn't sign up to this union to let uh, kids like Greta Thunberg tell us that, uh, you know, we can't cook our barbecue in the backyard and can't drive pickup trucks, right? So this is ultimately that the federal government is on a course where they are going to demand absolute domination and control uh, throughout the, you know, with all of this neo-Marxist globalist ideology, because globalism is a worldview, And uh, ultimately, states, not just Texas, but many others, are going to have to determine whether or not we can stay in a political and economic union with these people that we disagree with so vehemently. Talking to Daniel Miller, he's president of the Texas Nationalist Movement, also known as Texit. Um, So, Daniel, explain uh, how you – we we had some states secede from the union uh, back a few years ago, and it didn't work out too well – what happens when Texas decides to secede? Uh, does the um, th- does the federal government march in there? Do they start firing missiles into Texas to 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 uh, prevent it from happening? And what and what's the what's the procedure for getting it done without violence? Well, look, Texas is a process, right? This is this is what we explain to everyone. And again, you know, I just go back to the examples that I cited over the last 75 years. You know, the the good thing is when you and I woke up this morning, it wasn't the 19th century anymore, right? This is not, uh, you know, no one is talking about firing on Fort Sumter. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're, th- there's none of that discussion. Essentially, what we're talking about is that same process that you saw in Scotland in 2014, that you saw in the U.K. Uh, just, you know, a, a little over a year later for Brexit, is the process here. And, and look, it's guaranteed to us. There is no prohibition in the U.S. Constitution against a state withdrawing from the Union. Uh, and in fact, under the Tenth Amendment, uh, that power is reserved to the states. And so here in Texas, in our Constitution, we have Article One, Section 2, which reserves to the people the inalienable right to alter, reform, or abolish their government in such manner as they think expedient. Now, you know, some people will say, well, what if the federal government doesn't recognize it? Well, if all we're doing is talking about putting this question to a vote of the people of Texas and the federal government is willing to disregard it or use force to suppress it, well, then what's happened is the federal government is telling us everything that we need to know about it, and we need to text it sooner rather than later. Yeah, that's a good point. If they're going to be trying to prevent you from doing it, then that's proof that they have too much power. Um, And so... What, but what happens with uh, – so Texas uh, succeeds in seceding. Oh, how, where, where's your military? What do you do for currency? How does that work? Well, here's the, here's the good news. I mean, there are a, a million questions. Uh, I think it was Dandy Don Meredith who said that if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas, right? Right, right. Um, but but here's, you know, here's the thing. We, we answer all of those questions and, and way more in explicit detail. Uh, on our website at texitnow.org. Uh, but to that point, you know, just to kind of take just bullet points for military, Texas already has a military that we can build off of. We have a three branch military called the Texas Military Department. Uh, so, you know, we're already, we're already, uh, set there with a foundation. And then again, since we overpay anywhere from 103 to $160 billion annually into the federal system, uh, you know, and have the ninth largest GDP in the world, if we were just to use the, you know, the sort of the, the NATO floor, the NATO benchmarks, we'd have the 10th most well-funded military in the world. Uh, so, you know, all of those things, when you look at them from the perspective of, you know, all of these other self-governing independent nations around the world, the question is, with all the natural advantages that Texas and many other states in the Union have, if we can't make it as an independent nation, then who can? Mm-hmm. Well, there are there are cases um, in Idaho uh, and Oregon, I should say. Oregon wants the, some counties wanted wanted to secede from Oregon and become part of Idaho. And, and here, right down the road from me, we have West Virginia, which used to be part of Virginia, and they were able to, to somehow disconnect themselves from Virginia. So does that uh, there's uh, is there a more of a movement to do that kind of a thing popping up now with what's happening with the federal government? Well, you you do see, you know, what are kind of loosely referred to as um, 
you know, the uh, 51st state movements, you yeah. know, like uh, like we talked about with San Bernardino. We talk, we've seen discussion about upstate New York separating from New York City. So, and, you know, some, uh, I guess you could say some proposals dealing with Colorado in sort of the same way. You also have some out there that are wanting to, say, move their counties from one state to the other. And so there there is this sentiment here that the way things are, aren't necessarily the way that we want them to be, and uh, there are some paths forward. Now, in our wheelhouse, where we're looking at states becoming self-governing independent nations, uh, you have active movements today, not just here in Texas, uh, but in Vermont and New Hampshire and California and stirring up in uh, Florida and Oklahoma and Alaska. So, you know, you're seeing these movements of these people recognizing the fact that their state is already in existence, it already has the infrastructure that pretty much any uh, self-governing independent nation around the world would want to have. Uh, but the one thing that they don't have is the ability to govern themselves uh, inside this federal system. So uh, I, I believe you're going to see uh, more and more and more discussion uh, about states withdrawing from the union. I think you're going to begin to see other states looking at it as well, especially with the uh, the progress that we're making here in Texas. As it becomes more feasible and viable in the minds of people, it will enter into the mainstream discussion in those other states like it has here in Texas. What was the secession of 1982? The, uh, <laughs> you're talking about the Conk Republic. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's an interesting one. Uh, you know, many people don't realize, but uh, if you ever take a visit down to Key West, Florida, uh, the the and I can only give you the the cliffs notes, but essentially what happened was uh, the border patrol instituted a checkpoint on the bridge and was uh, effectively preventing people from getting to Key West. And of course, Key West, their major industry is tourism. And so, after uh, you know much of prote- prote- protestation from business owners and uh, local officials there in Key West. Uh, with no response, they effectively came out and said that they were seceding from the union. And um, you know, it's a it was a it's a very interesting uh, story. Uh, to this day, that apparently has never been rescinded. But of course, not nothing really became mm-hmm. of it, other than the fact that it showed the federal government that they were in part, although they were small, they were serious, and they wanted their grievance dealt with. They did not want to be effectively persecuted by the federal government. And in the end, the Conk Republic won. Well, uh, Daniel, I'm out of time. Uh, Daniel Miller is president of the Texas Nationalist Movement, also known as Texit. It's uh, Texit.org. Is that where to find you guys? uh, Texit. It's Texitnow.org. Texitnow, T-E-X-I-T-Now.org. I I know you're serious about it, and uh, the more I see what's happening with our federal government, the more uh, I think you have, you might be onto something, and I kind of like it. Uh, but I, I appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks, and good luck. Thank you for having me, John. Okay, thank you. That's Daniel Miller, and it's TexitNow.org. I'll be right back. You all have helped build My Pillow into the incredible company it is today. Now, Mike Lindell, inventor and CEO of My Pillow, wants to give back to my listeners. This is John Stagerwald. Right now, My Pillow is offering exclusive offers on their bed sheets, their six-piece towel set, and even offering an extended 60-day money-back guarantee. Orders placed now through December 25th will now have an extended money-back guarantee through March 1st. The Giza bed sheets are marked down as low as $29.99, and believe me when I say you will get a great night's sleep in these. Their six-piece towel set is made with USA cotton, comes with two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths. Typically retailed at $89.98 is now just $39.98 with promo code STAG. There is a limited supply, so be sure to order now. Call 1-800-716-8087, use the promo code STAG, or go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code STAG. These offers will not last long, so order now with promo code STAG at MyPillow.com for this radio-exclusive offer on all bedsheets. Remember that first paycheck when you started working all those years ago? You were finally out on your own, earning money. You looked at the net amount and thought, 
Whoa, what happened here? It could be this way with your retirement accounts. You know how much you've saved, but if you haven't planned for the IRS, you could come up short in retirement. With tax laws constantly changing, there's a lot you need to know to make sure you're not paying more than your fair share. Roy and Jason Locks and the Synergy Group team can help. They will help you create a retirement plan that shows you how taxes could affect you now and in the future. To receive your complimentary tax analysis, call 412-673-7760. Make sure you know how these changes could affect you so you can avoid paying more to the IRS. Request your complimentary tax analysis today. Call 412-673-7760. Securities offered through J.W. Cole Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through J.W. Cole Advisors. J.W. Cole Financial and J.W. Cole Advisors are not affiliated with the Synergy Group, Inc. The Synergy Group, Inc. may not give tax advice. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, we got through uh, Election Day and the day after, and here we are, and uh, the human race is doomed. But, you know, we'll have to work our way through it. Maybe somebody, maybe somebody can undoom us. Um, it's going to be interesting for two years. I think I told the story yesterday that in 2012 it would have been when Barack Obama was reelected on election night. Um, I I was not doing a talk show, and I had no reason to pay as any more attention to politics and what was going on than I wanted to. And I literally, I had the remote control in my hand when they came on and said, Barack Obama, I believe it was Ohio, has just been, we are now calling Ohio for Obama, and he, is, uh, he has been reelected for a second term as president of the United States. They got the word states out of their mouth, and I hit that button, turned it off. I didn't watch – that was Bill O'Reilly at the time. I, didn't, I stopped watching Bill O'Reilly and, and, uh, and Sean Hannity and everything else that I would watch on Fox in prime time, and I started focusing on nothing but sports. And uh, it was actually kind of nice because I figured there's two years. What, what, uh, it, it's two years before anything can change. Um, and – Fortunately, in two years, I believe it did change. They, they, there was a the uh, the um, the midterm elections worked out well for the Republicans, but I didn't start paying attention again until right before the midterm elections. I can't do that now. I have a talk show to do, so and I kind of like it. So I'm going to keep paying attention. And tomorrow, I'd like to take a look at the 17th Amendment and what a bad idea that was. I'm going to see if I can get an expert on to talk about that. That's the one that gave the popular the, the people the popular vote to choose a senator instead of putting it uh, having the uh, state legislature do it. So that's one of the things I can look at tomorrow. And we do have two years to go, and we'll see if we're doomed. Maybe we can last the that John long. John Steigerwald Show is a production of Salem Media Group and sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the Yellow Van. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.